Hello and welcome to Dunktown, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have an extra special guest, a comedian and an Indiana Pacers fan. You can hear her on the Hard Knocks podcast. It's Megan Gailey. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh, that is the catchiest damn theme song. So fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to Andrew Clotworthy, composer. Yeah. Uh, we just got really lucky. Oh, it's like 90s fun um, mall pop. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Great that's a description. good description. Yeah, that's very <laughs> accurate. How have, you, how have you been doing since the last time we had you on? Oh, you know, gosh, that was like mid-COVID. What a time. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, since then I've um, gotten pregnant. What? And gotten three vaccinations. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Three vaccination shots. Yes. So we're, we're advancing towards um, a better future for the world. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like so much has... I think when we talked, they hadn't even announced the bubble yet. Mm. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, and then the Lakers won, and that made my husband very, very happy. And you Mm, know what? When I found out I was pregnant, the very first gift I got was for my husband, obviously, because we were sort of the only two, and it was a set of Pacers onesies. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) And one said, one says born to win. And it's like, well, not really a team that's ever won anything, but (laughs) thrill for the excitement. They do their best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They do. They do their best and they do it with a smile. And you know what? I love it. (laughs) How did you feel about Victor leaving or, you know, being traded? Oh. Yeah, so I was I'm in India I'm in Indianapolis right now, so I was talking about it with my dad. Victor lived across the street from my parents and oh my they um very much liked him and he did a huge Christmas decorations outside. Oh. And I always really liked him. And I feel like so much was made of um Schroeder, Schroeder, however you say, his um eighty million and then getting six million. And it's like Vix was even kind of a larger drop-off mm-hmm. because he was offered the max and now is getting the veteran minimum. Um, and so, you know, he always said it wasn't about winning. I think the, the like sort of rumor around Indy is that he was getting maybe bad advice, bad guidance, maybe his team or the crew around him didn't necessarily have his best interest, whether that's true or not. Um, I feel for him. I hope he can, be a contributing part of the heat. And I like that heat Mm. team. PJ Tucker's my number one NBA crush. Yes. Um, So yes, I love a sneaker head, I guess. Oh boy. And (laughs) so you have a type. It's like, yes, I do. And I didn't even know it or want that to be my type. And I didn't, um, (laughs) I didn't, I I just, I I feel for him because I don't begrudge someone living where they want to live. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I don't live in Indianapolis anymore, you know, so it's hard for me to be like, stay on the team. It's like, I basically am on the Lakers. Um, so I just, um, I just hope he gets healthy and gets to contribute and is happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a good, yeah. 
very nice of you. <laughs> yeah, you you know, it's it was an amicable amicable breakup, you know. Yeah. You want, yeah. you wish the best for them. You hope yes. that they find love somewhere else. Yeah. I'm probably the most zen Pacers fan because like I don't hate Paul George and Thank I you. and I honestly do think a lot of it is like I don't live here either. Mm-hmm. So like it's hard for me to be mad at guys that don't want to be in Indianapolis long term because I've also left and I am not a successful awesome cool wildly talented black man. So yeah. How's the neighborhood since uh Oladipo left? <laughs> Is there a cloud over it? (laughs) It hit the neighborhood hard. It hit the neighborhood hard. And then, um, but there's a Colts player on the, on the other side. So, you know, you lose a guard, you gain a tight end. And that's just, (laughs) that's just how the indie gated neighborhood scene moves. That's life. (laughs) That's, that's, my mom always said that to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is a good metaphor Mm -hmm. for life in general. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It seems like the Pacers have, had some rough times recently, but I have to say the start of the season has been going really well. Yeah. I, I love Duarte. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he is going to be great. I can't remember being this excited about a rookie. And to me, I love Rick Carlisle and like, I think he's really smart and I think he probably had his pick of any job he really wanted. And so for him to want to come back here, to me, that says he saw something that he liked in in the roster and the organization. I'm telling you, I'm zen. I'm zen about this. <laughs> that's, yeah. how, that's how you have to be, I think. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Prepare for the worst. Yeah, you can't let sports teams completely shatter your soul. Yeah, you know? no, and and they've definitely shattered the Colts. Shatter me a lot more than the Pacers. Um, and but like I do think the Bucks winning really gave small market team delusional fans like myself hope. Um, <laughs> yes. to go. Oh yeah, you can do it through the draft. And it's like, yeah, maybe you can. Um, but I just um, I, like I don't think Sabonis will want to leave. Mm-hmm. I I think Miles Turner seems pretty happy here. I know Ben Simmons, we were definitely talked about a destination for him. Mm. I would have been kind of fine with that. I That'd love be fun. Bro- yeah, I love Brogdon. All you ever hear is like he should run for president someday. So it's like <laughs> these are really good guys. And I think mm-hmm. the Simons are good people. And like as far as a sports franchise, you really can't ask for much more than that. I, I would love for them to win a championship, but it's not like an organization that I feel icky cheering for. It's one that mm-hmm. I feel good about. Yeah. And and Rick Carlisle leaving the Mavericks, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. kind of an icky organization right now yeah. and going mm-hmm. to the Pacers. It's like, you could tell he's like, especially because he, he said he kind of let them out of his contract where yeah. he was like, you don't have to pay me. I'm yeah. just gonna, I just want to leave. Yeah. He's like, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. He's going to a positive place. He's mm-hmm. cut off the toxicity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Moving like, on with his life. With everything that's happening with the Suns. And, you know, I was really, I was very, I was like hurt when they fired Nate McMillan. And I thought it was really confusing and really bad timing um, to fire a, especially a talented leader who's a black man. Um, and it, mm-hmm. and then you see him go have such success, um, as the mm-hmm. interim and now coach. And it's like, yeah, that, that like was like, that could have been off. So, and I thought Majorkin yeah. was made no sense. And I, you know, I feel bad for him. You know, I think a one and done firing situation is like 
obviously embarrassing and like not what you want. And I'm sure difficult for his family, but I like seeing Rick Carlisle back. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the malice season. Let's hope not. (laughs) But it's like thrilling, you know, it's like Papa came home and Mm -hmm. I'm happy to have Papa home. Oh yeah. Um, when last time we talked, we watched the game, the malice at the palace game. Yeah. And you know, since then a documentary has come out on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Uh, did you watch it? Oh yeah. It was yeah, circled what did on you my think calendar. About it? Um, so I was <laughs> always I I had never wavered. I was always the Pacers got fucked and they got robbed and they mm-hmm. got and all it did was intensify those emotions because And I think I said this on the podcast, like here in the city, it was, and I was, I was at Purdue at the time, um, but was came back for a Colts game that weekend. Like here in the city at first, it was like, we're on the Pacer side, we're on the Pacer side. And then as issues started to happen around the team, mostly Jamal Tinsley based, the city really turned against them and seeing that documentary and seeing the news coverage and how racially biased and just words that we would never accept being said about black people on the news anymore. Like it was just like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, it made me feel for Jermaine O'Neal in a way that I never did. And really, really realized what a brave and difficult situation he was. And it also made me so much more afraid for them. Mm -hmm. Like I, that footage was haunting. I think they would have killed them um, if they had not gotten out of there. And you really, you really see how security has changed Mm -hmm. and we're still not there. You know, like fans are just so close. And a lot of these fans, it's like, who knew (laughs) billionaires were bad. And so (laughs) it's like, they're sitting on the sideline and they're so close and they're so entitled. And it's like, bad things do happen. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the security has been been ramped up and you only have to point to that incident and go, Oh my God, like these players are are sitting ducks in really charged, dangerous situations sometimes. Mm-hmm. For sure. It, it's And that, I mean, that ties into the 30 for 30 we watched yeah. with Spike Lee. <laughs> oh yeah. Who had a starring role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, watching the Malice at the Palace documentary, um, because they showed the full footage that they were mm-hmm. like hiding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting then to look at the aftermath where David Stern was mm. the only decider like mm-hmm. there was no one else in that decision making process. He had access to the full footage. No one mm-hmm. else saw it. Mm-hmm. And yet he still decided that he would rather punish players than lose fans. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. So so upsetting. <laughs> really yeah, really really hurtful and I and I do think racial bias was uh, a part 100%, of it. 100%. Um, and and so it's like that's just Poor really Jermaine O'Neal. I feel for him and I and and Reggie obviously, but like the Reggie storyline was kind of already out there of like this cost him his best chance at a finals and a title, even though he made one finals. But it's like it it didn't you it cost Jermaine O'Neal his career. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and there was absolutely no reason for it to. He was a victim in the situation. Yeah. Well, let's get into the documentary we watch. So. Every week for 30 days, we're covering a different episode of ESPN's 30 for 30. We're calling it 30 for 30 for 30. 
<laughs> Love that. Turkey, for turkey, for turkey. <laughs> Amazing, Gabe. So what we're doing, uh, this was Gabe's idea. Uh, great idea, Gabe. Thanks. For the whole month of December, we're going to be watching different 30 for 30 documentaries that have been recommended to us. And mm-hmm. you might be thinking, there's 31 days in December. <laughs> well, here's why we're calling it 30 for 30 for 30, because we're actually releasing a different episode on the first day of December. So we're not counting that one day. Yeah. Technically that's part of November on the Dunktown calendar. (laughs) So look, the name still works people. But the moment someone recommended this uh, documentary, the documentary we're watching is called Winning Time, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. Um, the moment it was recommended to us, we were like, we got to get Meg- Megan on here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Honored, truly honored. I, I, I like to think of myself as the malice at the palace expert and obviously the Reggie Miller expert. And this is, I have not told a lot of people this people, you know, I got engaged in front of a mural of Reggie Miller, um, oh. which is next to the County jail and our <laughs> unborn child, our unborn child, people have been like, "Who? what's his name? Peyton with Reggie. His middle name is going to be Jalen after Jalen Rose. Of course. Yeah. Nice. You have to. That's yeah. Cute. So <laughs> got to get Pacers even into my fetus's life. <laughs> <laughs> um, got to. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Indiana. What? Uh, what if your what if your baby is a Lakers fan? Um, you know, so CJ, my husband, he goes, okay, so he'll be a Pacers, Lakers, Bulls fan, and I go, no, um, nope, 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 that's <laughs> not. You can't be a fan of three teams. <laughs> so CJ's in the process of having to decide if he's going to be Lakers or Bulls from his side of the family. Um, and if he's a mm. Lakers fan, I will obviously support that. I am somewhat of a Lakers fan. I think you can have an Eastern conference and a Western conference. And I just hope, you know, I hope the Pacers are good enough that they, they vie for a little attention (laughs) from my little sweetie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't, kids are going to do their own thing. I know the baby could be like, I'm an OKC fan. The baby may the baby may be like basketball is stupid and you guys are weird. Um and that will be deeply hurtful. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm, I'm a also poet. I like hockey. Right. Cause it's like I don't <laughs> I, I do like I like a lot of things that my parents like, but that's because I'm a dork. Mm. Um and most people don't like what their parents like. Yeah. I mean my parents didn't really have any hobbies, so it was hard for me to like pick up their hobbies. Uh but yeah, I mean, other than uh, funny movies. I can't think of anything that we have in common. I mean, I think it's like if if you're not forcing them, if you're just like, this is a fun thing that mm-hmm. I enjoy. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance they're gonna like it. You're giving you're giving CJ and me a lot of credit, thinking we'll just <laughs> sit back and go, yeah, casually like this. Yeah, look at me, casual. <laughs> definitely, definitely have cried, will cry, continue to cry, and be an absolute psychopath that lets sports dictate my emotions and how I treat the loved ones around me. <laughs> I love. I mean, that's great too. Yeah, <laughs> it works. Um, yeah, I think. I think in your last episode, uh, it was mentioned that Indiana babies receive a basketball immediately upon exiting the womb. Yes. So yeah. maybe that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it could happen. Yeah. 
And like, I went to Purdue, Purdue's a basketball school too. It's like, I definitely have much longer of a legacy. CJ didn't Mm. even live in Chicago. He just picked Michael Jordan. (laughs) It's like, I'm loyal, you know, this runs through me. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, A lot of people, when we have them on their show are like, I like the Bulls and I like Michael Jordan. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. Everyone did. Everyone did. But we, you know, you've got a more unique story. Thank you. You know, don't say CJ, we said that. Don't tell CJ (laughs) we said that. No, I'm going to tell him to listen to this damn episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, he's also a Lakers fan. And we're we're fans of like a bunch of teams, too. So we're not we're not like. Mm-hmm. Me too. No, me too. I love Anthony Edwards. I would <laughs> kiss him on his dang forehead if I could. <sighs> oh my <laughs> god, I love him. He's so funny. Yeah. Oh man. He's definitely one of those players that's like, I don't. I'm not a Timberwolves fan, but I'll watch their games. <laughs> 100%. I want to see what Ant's gonna do. Yeah. Mr. Applehead so is an iconic joke. <laughs> <laughs> I Mr. love Mr. Applehead. Applehead. I love it. <laughs> So good. Okay, so uh, like I said, we watched the ESPN 30 for 30 winning time, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks from 2010. Um, The director is Dan Clores. And actually, I watched another documentary by him that I loved called Crazy Love. And it's about something completely different. But I highly recommend going and seeing that documentary. It's absolutely bonkers. What's that one about? Yeah, what is that? So it's about, I don't want to give like too much of it away, but it's about this woman from, I believe, the 60s, uh, like maybe late 50s, early 60s, who's a New Yorker. She was like very, you know, hot as a young woman. I think she was like 19 or something. Mm -hmm. She dated around a lot, was kind of like a hip, like, you know, kind of beatnik-y type. And she dated this man and was like, ah, he's weird. I don't like him. After a little while, she broke up with him. And he then came to her house and threw acid in her face. (gasps) And it permanently messed up her eyes. And then decades, decades later, they got back together. (laughs) What? No. Yeah. I yes. Mean, it is no. absolutely bonkers. You you have the no. um yeah, you have the like poster of it up now and the man just his eyes, he like very scary. His eyes look permanently not okay. Um <laughs> he looks truly insane. Um yeah. but yeah, I guess that's a love story. And it's it, I can't support that. The <laughs> most of the movie made me very angry, but it mm-hmm. was also like an interesting look at like her psychology towards you know later on in life and how she was justifying this relationship and like mm. anyways, uh, it's a great documentary and like such a weird story. But the video that I watched of this thirty for thirty was on. YouTube and it had a little like interview with the director before and after Mm -hmm. and he's like a New Yorker like Mm -hmm. New York City (laughs) very much a Knicks fan Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, it makes sense that he made the story about that New York couple but Mm -hmm. also it it was interesting to me that he wanted to make a documentary about Reggie Miller Mm -hmm. you know 
Yeah, because that's a totally different perspective than if a non-fan of either team made it or if a Pacers fan made it. Right, right. Yeah. So the movie, the documentary, the 30 for 30 features Reggie Miller, Cheryl Miller, Spike Lee, Patrick Ewing. um, And it essentially starts off by just talking about how this rivalry between the Knicks and the, and the Pacers and Reggie specifically got started. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting also to hear, you know, from my perspective, I wasn't like following Reggie Miller while he was playing very much. Rude. And he really comes off. Sorry. (laughs) I also did not. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. I was, I was, (laughs) but they really set him up in the beginning as this like annoying little brother talker. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's different than even how I viewed it. (laughs) Because like part of it too is, is setting up like how much Indiana didn't want him or seemingly wanted Steve Alford. Yes. Okay. Is, now is now is that a famous NBA name? No. And so it ended up being the correct pick and how this is just such a like white farm corn eaten type place. And this like mm-hmm. cool, suave guy from Southern California whose sister is better than him at basketball got shipped here. So like yeah. I, I watched it from the perspective of like poor Reggie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, his sister was very cool. I haven't seen a lot of her. I mean, I've heard about her before, but I loved seeing her in this. Yeah, that whole story is so interesting because, like, like it sounds like Reggie learned from Cheryl Miller, his sister. Like, Mm -hmm. he learned how to be aggressive. He learned how to shit talk. Mm -hmm. Like, she, she. (laughs) There's a quote from her about where she says, "Like, yeah, I beat up on him when we played in the backyard." Because he was so annoying. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so he had to be tough, you know, mm-hmm. if he wanted to win. Because, you know, she was bigger and better he had, than him. He, yeah, yeah, he had competition right down yeah. the hallway. And you and you see <laughs> that clip from draft night. And, like, one of the first questions they ask him is about his sister. Yeah. And it's like, that wouldn't even happen in 2021. Like, I don't right. ever remember a guy being asked about his female sibling and how she's better at whatever sport he's playing. Like, it's so unheard of. And you and you truly see his face fall like, oh, my God, I'm in the NBA now and it's still going to be about Cheryl. Like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it really is like – you see him going through that. I I've since interviewed Reggie and, and they have so much love for each other. And he says like one of his favorite moments they've ever shared is him getting to watch her win a gold medal. And she got to see him win a gold medal. And so they have like true respect and, and love. Yeah. It's, it's really, they're amazing siblings. They, they love each other, but it's like, damn, that would have been really, really tough. And tough for Cheryl to go, oh, yeah. I'm I'm even better and there is no higher level for me like there is mm-hmm. for my brother. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, I, that story he told about how he like had a great game and was really excited and then mm-hmm. they like picked her up and or they or she picked him up and was like, oh, no, I scored like 100 points. Yeah. yeah. This was yeah. when they were in high school. He said it was the best game of his high school career. <laughs> 
And he was like gloating in the car to his dad and his sister, like, oh, I scored 60 points yeah. and like I won the game. And then his dad chuckles and goes, hey, Cheryl, how do you do? And she's like, I scored 105 points. Oh, I just <laughs> like, can't even. That is so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was him, I would have been just like so jealous and bitter yeah. yeah and that's and like he is a little bit he is a little bit <laughs> yeah and it follows him into the nba and and yeah. the crowds are yelling They're like where's cheryl where's cheryl yeah. um obviously to get under his skin but yeah. uh, i'm sure it worked <laughs> yeah i hate when you're always yelling at me where's patrick that's yeah. my brother <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I want to hang out with Patrick right now. <laughs> I asked Patrick. 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 <laughs> I want to do a podcast with him. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, Patrick's actually way better at podcasting, but, you know, you're here, so. <laughs> um, but also the Alford, that's his name, right? Alford. Yeah, Steve Alford. He's from Indiana. Yeah, so he's he was a a high school star in Indiana. Then went uh, was a Hoosier, uh-huh. and then when he was graduating college, everyone in Indiana they show amazing footage. By the way, oh, of a hundred percent, yeah, these like people, like a woman at a grocery store, being like, yes. I'm going to be so mad if they don't draft Alfred. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then and then they did the same for um, The Last Dance. Like, it's like, they just found, they found the dumbest, ugliest looking people. And all of them got interviewed in Indiana. And God bless them. These little corn chompers. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really funny. And then later on, they show some other Indiana people who are like, I love Reggie. I come to see oh, Reggie. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it was really interesting that he was the GM at the time was saying that he thought he might get shot at after he drafted Reggie. Like he had to like run in and announce and run out. <laughs> like, yeah. Covering yeah. his butt. <laughs> and people here, they got guns. They love the Second Amendment. So that was a real fear. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. So then after Reggie gets drafted and is like, you know, doing really well, mm-hmm. they really set up this this dichotomy of Indiana being the birthplace of basketball, this mm-hmm. holy land, a uh, very like, you know, white and very Christian, safe, small town kind of place. Mm-hmm. And then New York is this like, Goliath, this big like city, big yeah. city, like you know, dirty, grungy, the jungle. <laughs> yeah, that's where all the action is. Yeah, <laughs> and and that rivalry feeling very natural, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially being, the Knicks were very good at the time, and but kept losing to Jordan, mm-hmm. and then Jordan retires in '93, so someone's got to step up. Mm-hmm. In 93, were you watching all of this go down? Oh, yeah. 93, like, I had a Aladdin um, diary slash journal, um, and I would go in it, and I would write, boom, baby. I would write, I love Reggie. <laughs> I love Jalen. And, like, that team is iconic. Like, that – the where – it was a different neighborhood and and Reggie lived like farther away from us, but he was in the neighborhood and my friends lived right by him. And we would 
always try and go trick-or-treating at his house. Like Reggie was a god to us and yeah, it was it was way the Pacers were way better than the Colts at that time. The Colts were still like terrible and like 94 was kind of their breakout year and then they were bad again. And so it was all in on the Pacers and like my parents aren't from in here. And so that's why we weren't rooting for IU or Purdue. We were rooting for the Pacers. Nice. I I like the idea of you writing in your journal just like in a heart like yeah. Megan Miller Megan boom Rose baby. <laughs> just writing boom baby like I mean even when um Slick Leonard who coined the phrase boom baby and was like the iconic voice of the Pacers he passed away within the last year and it like it, it hit me in a place like I cried like he was just like hearing like boom baby is so burned into my memory we make one of my nieces say it she lives in washington dc she does not even know what the pacers are but it's just like that the, yeah that that 90s pacers team is iconic to me i would give any of them an organ if they needed it oh <laughs> that's so nice thanks <laughs> reggie you hear that <laughs> yeah he knows he knows i, I told him save your organs i mean nope. you can mm-hmm. need them No, I've offered them to the entire Colts Super Bowl team and any of the 90s Pacers team. What do you need? I got it for you. Wow. (laughs) Um, So they they really paint this Knicks team as just having a real joy for fighting. So Pat Riley was their coach. He was the coach for the Showtime Lakers and then left the Lakers after winning some titles and going to the Knicks. And they said he just kind of dropped his Showtime Laker persona and became and was just like scrappy Pat Riley yeah. again. Yeah. And then you have Patrick Ewing, you have John Starks, mm-hmm. who else? Oakley. These are the the Knicks at the time. They're big, except for John Starks is a little guy. <laughs> and, but most of them are big. They're rough. They don't mind roughing it up. Yeah, they're like bruisers. Yeah, there's a lot of footage of them like fighting with like all mm-hmm. kinds of people. On the there was there was footage of them fighting the Suns and I had never seen this before, but it is bonkers. So I had to pause and go watch this Knicks Suns brawl that seriously was almost malice at the palace level. The wow. fans didn't get involved as much, mm-hmm. but it was like both of the organizations are just attacking each other. Pat Riley's pants get ripped <laughs> down the side. <laughs> I highly uh, recommend Googling it. Let's bring Amazing. back that kind of basketball. Yeah. That's yeah, all yeah, I'm yeah. asking for, you know? I want, I want, I I was jealous watching that because I love when they get all riled. I mean, you know, we get a, we get a little bit these no, days. No, it's we fake get, now. It's fake. They're all friends. They're all yeah, friends. We get, we get Jokic and uh, what's his name? Fighting. Oh, yeah. Markeef and Jokic yeah. just got a little scrappy. Yeah, but that, you know, it ends immediately. All we need the, bro- the Jokic brothers. That's how the Knicks were. You know, it's like, <laughs> yes, it's, Serb- it's Serbian brother level. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I don't want it to get shut down so fast, you know? Like No, no. I'm like, yes, get those courtside tickets in Miami. Please. I don't want to watch a Paul brother fight again. Get me Jokic's brothers in there, okay? I love them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just want yeah, I just want to get more action and I want it to be, you know, 
like the way they do it in hockey where they're like, eh, let, let him, him go, let him do it. Let him yeah. figure it out. And you get in the penalty box for like a minute and then you get mm-hmm. to come back out and fight. Someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of testosterone, you know, you gotta, you gotta just let him work it out. It's kind of like <laughs> mm-hmm. you, they're establishing their pecking order. <laughs> <laughs> so actually the, one of the interesting scraps between the Pacers and the Knicks they I think this is before Jordan retired uh even though the timeline was fuzzy for me but is when Mm -hmm. Reggie is like talking serious shit to John Starks Mm -hmm. being like is that really your stats like are you seeing this like (laughs) just kind of like going into him like like I can't believe you're in the NBA and that's your stats. Like, and this is while they're playing a game. And then, you know, John Starks just snaps and Mm -hmm. he, I don't even want to call it a head, butt, but he is a head, butt. he hits him in the head with his head. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else would that be? Well, it looked like a head bump. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's like John Starks is sort of classic, not Napoleon complex, but like of the NBA, probably a little Napoleon complex. And Reggie has such a like, when you see those clips, Reggie is so funny. Like I genuinely, I've seen a lot of 30 for 30s. This is the funniest 30 for 30 by far. It's so funny. Most of them are like the most tragic story you've ever heard. Yeah. So, and he's almost, saying it to him in like a sympathetic way like man i'm that's rough. like it's and like he he yeah. finds people's buttons and he pushes them and mm-hmm. that is masterful like as a former sorority girl i salute that <laughs> yeah i yeah, think he, he, he knows just what to, he knows what to say to like fuck with you while you're like yeah. it, you know which is you kind of, of like a little brother. He's just uh-huh. like needling, needling, needling until someone snaps. And then he goes, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, like his dramatic mm. reaction. It's like uh, Patrick Beverly kind of. Yes. Like, Pat, you know. That's a good Pat Bev just like <laughs> but, poking, but he, trying to get a reaction. I think Reggie has a lot more charm and a lot. And I love Pat Bev. I really do. But Pat Bev, you see it. And with Reggie, you you go, oh, he's just being nice. You you like you're kind of shocked when the mic gets up close and you hear what he's saying, because it's like he's not looking mean. There's a true like art. There's like a true art form mm, to what he's yeah. doing that does come across as like it's more subtle. Yeah. And it's really quite disarming. Mm-hmm. Um, that you, when he's coming up to you, you don't go, oh, he's about to insult me. And then he starts insulting you and you don't even realize for a little bit that he's insulting you. And I think that's what makes you so pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. And he has a little twinkle in his eye. The, yeah. they, they, yes. This documentary freeze frames in the most perfect timing. Like mm-hmm. there's so many times where they, they freeze frame and you just see Reggie like with this big grin and a little twinkle <laughs> in his eye. Like I got this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't help but think that, I mean, I'm the youngest in my family. I have older brothers and now I'm a stand-up comedian. And it's like, there's, there's part of me that's like, I do think as a child loving this team and watching Reggie, that a little mischievousness and a little shit talking and a little bit of that definitely seeped into my brain because Mm -hmm. I like I'm always like I like to be like a cunt with a wink, and um and I and I have to I have to think I learned some of that from my hero. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a good skill to have. 
Um, so they talk a lot about the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, that's uh, that's like the beginning part mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Jordan's reti- just retired. Everyone's kind of vying in the in the East, and Reggie says, "Whoever's between the Knicks and the Pacers, they were the best team in the league at that time." And mm-hmm. so whoever wins the Eastern Conference Finals, they're going to win the title. Mm-hmm. And so they knew like this was going to be a brawl. And so it's game five. They're tied 2-2 a piece. Spike Lee has a bet with Reggie that if the Knicks win, Reggie has to visit Mike Tyson in prison, which I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I was shocked by that too. You could ask for anything. <laughs> I'm I'm imagining I wonder if Spike wanted to film it. Like it's like, okay, all right, fine. I don't even know if players are allowed to make wagers with outside fans now. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, like a thing that should not be allowed. Like and then and then if, Re- if Reggie wins, he has his his wife is going to be in a Spike Lee movie. Yeah. He said he wanted his wife to be in the, in a movie, which is a very funny thing for Spike Lee to agree to. (laughs) Just like, put my wife in your movie. Reggie's first wife, very, very hot. Um, and an icon in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you off air why I'm sure, you know, the rumor. Um, but she's an icon and I don't, but I need to know. (laughs) Well, you know, when Reggie's house burned down, Oh, Uh You know, there's some there's some thoughts about maybe how that how that fire got set. <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'm intrigued. Very spicy. <laughs> We're gonna do a lot of googling later. But. <laughs> um, so then this game five, Spike Lee is talking shit the whole mm-hmm. time. Like in the first half, the Knicks were up, and so he's just like yelling at Reggie. And it's funny because like the interview in 2010 with Spike Lee, because he's in this documentary, mm-hmm. he's like, I never called out Reggie. And yeah. then it cuts to him. It's like, dude, we have footage of this. <laughs> I know. What are you he's talking yelling. About? Yeah. And it's like, we all liked it. We're not even mad at you. It was fun. If anything, it was like, because like Drake annoys me sometimes um, with the with the antics and like he's so far on the court and I'm probably just jealous honestly. But like mm-hmm. Spike, it was like it felt. Yeah, he's like standing on the logo. <laughs> yeah, it was Spike. It was fun. It was like truly entertainment and like yeah, just I wasn't. I didn't ever hate. I loved to hate Spike, but like when Spike was there, it was like yes. Like as a Pacers fan, you were excited because you knew he was gonna. Reggie was going to fucking ruin his day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think so. That's what happens. Essentially, the first half, the Knicks are up by a lot. Mm -hmm. And in the second half, Reggie just goes off. And he's after every, you know, three point shot that he makes, he's turning to Spike, staring him down, (laughs) yelling at him. And eventually grabs his crotch, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) which I thought I was like, this is this is wild thinking of Reggie doing that. But so the Pacers win Mm -hmm. and Spike Lee gets blamed (laughs) by Mm -hmm. Knicks fans Mm -hmm. for like inspiring him to like play better, I guess. Yeah. And it's funny. Spike Lee has all of these framed 
yeah. newspaper cover <laughs> articles about him <laughs> ruining the game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was this specific game five. My parents were in New York. My oh. mom was having some health issues. And so they were in New York for a doctor's appointment. They had gotten good news at the doctor's appointment. And then they went to like watch the end of the game at a bar. And my parents are not like, they're not going to be in your face being like, yay, go, you know, you're in New York City. But they were definitely clapping. They definitely look like Pacers fans. Um, <laughs> and so they were clapping and happy and excited. And then the game ended and my dad turned to my mom and he goes, we need to get out of here right now. Like they were like, oh, they're going to fucking kill us. They're so mad at us. So oh they, my like, God. Hightailed it out of that bar big time. Yeah. I was yeah, terrified. They, they were talking about how like people were leaving because they just assumed that the Knicks were going to win. And then... And so, like, fans were running into, like, confused fans that left the game, like, five minutes early who assumed that the Knicks were one, but then had to get the news from other fans that it, like, popped off. Yeah. Well, okay, so then the next game, they go to Indiana, and the Knicks win, and they they win that series. And Mm -hmm. Spike flies to Indiana. It's a big deal Mm -hmm. for him to be Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone, all like, everyone is like, How'd you get a hotel room or whatever? <laughs> it was- He's like, I'm staying at the governor's mansion because <laughs> nobody else would give him a room. Is that I don't think true? I think it was joking. Oh, okay. I doubt that's true. And I, I feel like know. the governor is usually I, I guess during that time it was Evan by and he was a Democrat. So there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> I, I thought he was serious when he said that. It sounded real to me. But I am wondering, like, where did he eat? Like, you know, the one famous restaurant in Indianapolis is St. Elmo's. Like, people, it's it, the, the combine, you know, they always shit. Like, people always make fun of us, too. Like, okay, I guess I'll go to the one. And I'm like, did he go there? Did he just, like, go to a McDonald's downtown? Like, what was he doing? Give me the Spike Indie I-10. Maybe sent someone to get him food and stuff as he <laughs> hid in a hotel. I honestly can't imagine him wanting to be out and about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, wouldn't. No. I would fly back immediately. Like with how much he was the face of everything. Like, yeah, I, I bet it would. You know, you would not have peace eating your cheeseburger. Yeah. And he's pretty recognizable with his like, you know, backwards newsboy cap. Right. Yeah. And everybody was talking about him. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he I'm sure he was just hiding somewhere. So the next season, they trade for Mark Jackson. Yes. Um, thank you. Mark Jackson was actually uh <laughs> he was he was uh, uh, drafted by the Knicks, but then after I think he won Rookie of the Year, and then they traded him, and he was pissed about it. So the Pacers were like, "Let's get this guy. He knows the Knicks and how they operate, and he's mad at them. Mm-hmm. Great, we both want to beat the Knicks. Yeah, and petty it drama. was cute. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was so cute how Reggie and Mark talked about each other because. Reggie was like, he was my hype man. He was my Flava Flav. Like, <laughs> and Mark was like, yeah, I would just whisper in his ear, like, did you hear what they're saying about you? <laughs> which is like this off. Which, which is sadly not that different than what happened at the Malice at the Palace. Like, 
Jamal Tinsley going up to our test and being like, you can get that hard foul now. And it just like Reggie, it inspired him in a positive way. And, and the malice, like it created this like catastrophe, but it's like, <laughs> Oh, I, that must happen a lot. And I guess the hype man just has to know how to, what, what to whisper that there's not going to start a brawl, you know? And like Reggie's not going to fight. He's 90 pounds soaking wet, but he is going <laughs> to go off and that oh my god when he gets threes going oh it gives my heart a flutter it was fun oh, watching I, I figured it out he's dennis the menace <laughs> yes <laughs> reggie <is>. yes <laughs> yeah with like some like, little rascals thrown in yes absolutely <laughs> yeah he does have the ears too <laughs> yeah. so funny um it's so fun watching the footage that they show mm-hmm. in this documentary because you're right like when they start going off it's like everyone is so aggressive and reggie's just like draining threes like crazy and um, all of the big dunks that happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the league is kind of getting back to that a little bit right now. That mm-hmm. sort of like mm-hmm. aggressive in the paint stuff. But mm-hmm. it was wild to to watch back then. And it, it, it made me laugh when everybody was describing him playing by saying he had the presence of mind. And that was like 10 clips in a row of people saying yeah. he had presence of mind. <laughs> and it's like, wow, that's really a thing people say about him. It was fun as like a Reggie fan last year seeing Trey Young go off and oh, yeah. and seeing him kind of do the same thing to the Knicks crowd and to other crowds. And, you know, he's undersized. He's got that like swag to him. And it and people were comparing him to Reggie. And it was like I had never really even liked him or watched him that much. And I was like, listen, if there's a young Reggie, I got to be his fan. And so – and like – he kind of, it felt like he was bringing a little bit of that back. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I like this. <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah. All of the Knicks I fans hating Trey Young. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it's fun to watch a little guy get under his, their skin, you know? Yeah. And he handled it well, I feel like. It must be hard to be hate, like immediately hated by the entire city of New York. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's he's a little rascal too. You're right. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. the same kind of vibe. Like, sorry made another one oops (laughs) (laughs) just tripped and dunked so the 1995 playoffs the Pacers meet with the Knicks again and uh, Ahmad Rashad is in this um, documentary and he has the titular line of the movie where he says there's a time to play and a time to win what do you do during winning time Mm. and that's when they talk about Reggie in the last, I think, 18 seconds of mm-hmm. game one, they're down by six and everyone thinks it's done. And then Reggie hits two threes in five seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That was very impressive. Um, I could do that. <laughs> some, someone I know pe- <laughs> peed their pants when that happened. Um, you know, you, it's like... There, you know, there's lots of lore around around these games and um yeah it doesn't even like that's the thing it's like Steph Curry is obviously Steph Curry and it's so incredible but then when Reggie got put on that top 75 team and and seemed so genuinely shocked and really touched it's like you talk about how three pointers have impacted and changed the game. That's Reggie. Like, yeah. was he the only one? No, but like, that's massive impact. And and you could see how fast you could score if you got on a streak. Right. 
Yeah. It is it is funny whenever because I feel like Steph often will like break one of Reggie's records or get mm-hmm. close to it. And mm-hmm. it's really funny to see them interact with each other because you know, Reggie is like his, you know, forefather or whatever. Yeah. He's he kind of like helped create Steph's game a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the, it is crazy like how once he got hot, Reggie could just like completely turn a game around. Yes. <laughs> oh, they also show Reggie doing this little shimmy at one oh, point. I love the shimmy. The shimmy is, I mean, the shimmy and, sh- and the, the choke. Yes. I asked, um, I asked CJ if the, in the baby's room, we could have a mural of the choke. <laughs> um, and he, uh, he obviously said no. He said, you know, babies choke. Yeah. And so maybe that's not appropriate to draw on its wall. And I said, okay, noted, noted, noted. <laughs> hey, you had to ask. Yeah, you have to ask. <laughs> but I have a hat of just him choking. Like, it's just, like, his little head and the, <laughs> and the choking hands. And it is – people comment on it. And, like, the thing is, the people that know, they're like, that's the best hat I've ever seen. And then the people that don't know, they're like, what? <laughs> what's that man doing? And I'm like, I can't even begin to get into this with you, okay? <laughs> there would be too much to explain. Just Google Reggie Miller choke. <laughs> yes. I'm like, go watch Winning Time. Yeah. <laughs> So game seven, Knicks came back from 3-1. The, it's at Mid- Madison Square Garden. So they're tied up. They're, it's like whoever wins this. And everyone talks about how it feels like the end of an era because Patrick mm-hmm. Ewing's legs are giving him trouble. Like things are, you know, there's cracks in there in the Knicks facade. The game is close. The Pacers are up by two. Patrick Ewing goes for a layup and can't get quite high enough for a dunk. So he just goes to lay it in and it bounces off the back iron and rolls out and he misses it. And they play that over and over again, too, Mm -hmm. just showing that like heartbreaking (laughs) shot. And, um, and so the Pacers win and they, they really talk about it as, Reggie destroyed an era like yes. that beating the Knicks in that playoff series destroyed that Knicks era. It was the mm-hmm. end of it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the Eastern Conference Finals. So no. <laughs> they didn't. He was like, man, if that had been the Eastern Conference Finals, that would have been amazing. But it was just one of the early playoff rounds. And well, they end the documentary by saying both the Knicks and the Pacers have still to win a title. Um, the Pacers last won an ABA title in 1973 and the mm-hmm. Knicks last won a NBA title in 1973. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, wow. I, I don't time. know if there's any more, uh, obviously I think the lions just suffered another very heartbreaking loss today. And I'm not going to put the Pacers up there with them, but when people, when you tweet about the Pacers or say, it's like, there's not a franchise in my very biased opinion, that's more deserving. That's had more just absolute shit 
luck happen mm. to them. Um, and it really, it's a heartbreaking and like brutal existence, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah. I mean, that's part of being a sports fan for yeah. most people, I feel like. Unless, yeah. you're, unless you're like a Lakers fan who gets to gets to have it all the time. <laughs> but it was fun when I moved to New York. I lived in New York for two years and people would find out I was a Pacers fan. It gave like an instant connection, you know, like it's like there, there's not a lot that Indiana and um, New York City can connect on, but it's like <laughs> that is a common ground. And like we could talk for hours about it. And then like other friends that are not sports fans are like, I don't, they're talking about a playoff series from 1994. I don't know. I got to get out of here. Um, but like, yeah, it's like, it just gives you, you like instantly go back and you're like, I would, I hated John Starks as a child, a seven year old girl, you know, still wearing bows in my hair. And I would have stomped on on his dang jersey if someone gave it to me. Um, so like all those emotions, they're like still there. And I think it's because they both haven't won. Like mm. it's still under the surface and feels so fresh and so fun because they've, they've been two kind of tragic franchises and James Dolan is to blame. And I think the Pistons are to blame on our side. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. And I feel like I feel like you mentioned it earlier but yeah, like one great draft pick and you know, Ugh. you can be back yeah. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you guys could get the next Giannis. I know. We just need to get someone who's not from America and doesn't know that they don't want to live in Indianapolis. <laughs> Yeah, okay. everybody, you know, everybody thought that Giannis was going to leave I Milwaukee know. and he's he clearly has no plans. Yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm so, I mean, you're right. I think, yeah, like a lot, obviously a lot of the guys, want, they want to be in LA, New York, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's not everyone. This big city no. life is not for everyone. We got to be like, yeah. you're from Yugoslavia? Okay, guess what? <laughs> Indianapolis is New York City in America. Um, you're going <laughs> to love it here? Very, very flat. They're, lots yeah, of about the same size. Yeah, lots of gorgeous, kind of weird, events. highlighted women to choose from. Okay, this is <laughs> peak culture. <laughs> um, I highly recommend watching uh, Winning Time and then back to back do a double feature. Watch Malice at the Palace. Yes. Because Malice at the Palace, Palace happens at the end of Reggie's career. Yeah. Um, and Winning Time is really about the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. And and I would then throw in as a maybe a triple feature. Is that a thing? Yeah, The sure. Last Dance episode that focuses on Jordan and Reggie's relationship. And I was very nervous to watch it. I actually ended up getting so drunk. I didn't remember it that I had to watch it again. Um, <laughs> and I wept. And people were texting me, non, you know, Bulls fans, non-Pacers fans going, I think Reggie may be the only person he genuinely respects. Wow. Um, and, and so that is, you know, that's not a ring, but it's something. And it really, ugh, I just, I love him. I'm so happy I got engaged in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's in winning time, they, when they're showing all of the fighting that was happening around that time, they show Michael Jordan like choking <laughs> Reggie Miller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to watch that game yeah, too. I was like, what's yeah, happening yeah, yeah. there? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I think I think that's it. Th Megan, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything you'd like to plug? 
Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. I would love to plug. I have 75 podcasts um, because I'm a true loser. So you can hear me on I Love a Lifetime Movie. It's a Lifetime podcast (gasps) that I do with the Lifetime Network where I watch and review Lifetime movies. It's so fun. Um, We just did the Christmas movies, interviewed Tia Mowry and Mario Lopez. Okay. And then um, I- That's amazing. Yes. (laughs) And then I have a podcast with um, Cousin Sal's podcast network on, um, and it's called Megan Fun of Sports, where we talk like sort of the sports headlines of the week. And then yes, I'm doing a just like special edition hard knocks podcast about the Colts season. And it's called Go Horse, H O. A R S E. Okay. Mm, nice. Um, nice. And yeah, I'm I'm probably honestly gonna get off this Zoom and then go talk to my parents about Reggie Miller more. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're an endless well. You just yeah. have so much to say about him. And uh, we love I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna come out of this room yelling boom baby, and they're gonna know it was a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, we're ev- so honored? <laughs> have you ever met Reggie? Yeah, she said she uh, interviewed him. Oh, you I interviewed, interviewed him. I interviewed him, but it was over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could not have been more lovely, gave us more time than we had even like agreed with his uh, people. And when CJ and I got engaged and posted the picture, he commented on it and <gasps> said, I bless this union. Yeah. No! I mean, so cute. yes and so then when we interviewed cj and that. i interviewed him together and he got on and we were like reggie th-, and he goes you know what we are forever tied together um <laughs> because you did something so special in front of a mural of me and and that means that our hearts are forever together <laughs> what so sweet what a sweetie pie i love that Aww. yeah so cute <laughs> yeah he's the best well, okay. that's the perfect uh, little anecdote to go out on. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Um, thanks again to Megan and thanks to all of our cutie listeners for coming on this journey with us. As always, we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. For more Dunktown content, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Dunktown. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dunktown Podcast. I'm on Twitter at echo underscore mint and on Instagram at Agata Monica. Anastasia is on both at Anastasia Vigo. Check out our website, dunk.town. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We always really appreciate those. We have t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more available for sale at dunk.town store. Thank you to Andrea Tomingas for the Dunktown design. And thank you to Andrew Bear for our original music for the show. Sources and references from this episode can be found in the episode description. Mm-hmm.